Hi, everyone. Welcome to Postmodern Liturgy. I'm Anthony Mako. I wanted to let you know that the next two weeks of this podcast are going to be a little different than they have been. I'm actually currently leading a retreat in the Pacific Northwest of the United States. I've led this retreat for the past couple years at the university I used to work for. The goals of this retreat are, number one, to develop a sense of wonder by, quote, reading creation, what Augustine called God's other book. Goal number two, hands-on experience in creation care practices. And number three, complete disconnection. The third one is obviously prohibitive for someone who just started a website and podcast devoted to a different kind of spiritual formation. I've been torn over what to do over these next two Mondays. On one hand, I'm really just starting to try to get this whole thing going. So it is pretty silly to drop everything for two weeks when I feel like momentum has been growing like crazy. Also, it really stinks to get out of the rhythm of these weekly readings. On the other hand, I honestly believe the chief, quote, sin of North American culture is consumerism. That's certainly not to say it's the only systematic injustice going on. I just believe it's at the root of most of our issues. So in that light, I also believe disconnection is one of the most radically Christian actions possible. So, for this week and next week, I have prepared the episodes ahead of time and scheduled them to publish. I simply didn't have time to dedicate to do two full episodes well, but I also didn't want to get out of the rhythm of the readings. So I'm going to use some recycled music that I've written, and there will be no reflection based on the readings. At the end of each podcast, though, I will offer a brief reading, which is more related to the trip I'm on than the, the actual scripture readings for the week. In the end, it seemed more important for me to model healthy rhythms than be productive. For me, that was the lesson that sometimes our greatest passions can draw us into unhealthy life rhythms. In case you were curious, on the day this episode is published, I will be leading the students on an hour and a half ferry ride through the San Juan Islands in Washington. We're renting bikes at Friday Harbor and biking the nine miles across the island to do some whale watching at Lime Kiln Point State Park, and then we'll ride the nine miles back. The trip is phenomenal, and the good news is, from this point forward, I'll be offering this same trip each year through postmodern liturgy. Thank you all for being so committed so far, and thanks for understanding. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, I actually recommend checking out at least one of the first four episodes. They'll give you a better idea of what this podcast is normally like. And then we'll be back to a normal rhythm on June 3rd. Here are the readings for the sixth Sunday of Easter, Sunday, May 20th.
Acts 16, 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make God's face to shine upon us. That your way may be known upon earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judged the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, has blessed us. May God continue to bless us. Let all the ends of the earth revere God.
Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, and chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And in the Spirit, one of the seven angels carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. John 14, 23-29 Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and to make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe.
To close, a reading from Walter Brueggemann's book, Sabbath as Resistance, Saying No to the Culture of Now. A must-read, if I do say so myself. And just to offer some context, I'm beginning this excerpt after Brueggemann has quoted Michael Fishbane. The choice of an economic image by Fishbane, quote, divestment, suggests that we may consider the Sabbath as an alternative to the endless demands of economic reality. More specifically, the demands of market ideology that depend, as Adam Smith had already seen, on the generation of needs and desires that will leave us endlessly restless, inadequate, unfulfilled, and in pursuit of that which may satiate desire. Those requirements concerned endless predation so that we are a society of 24-7 multitasking in order to achieve, accomplish, perform, and possess. But the demands of market ideology pertain as much to consumption as they do to production. Thus, the system of commodity requires that we want more, have more, own more, use more, eat and drink more, The rat race of such predation and usurpation is a restlessness that issues inescapably in anxiety that is often at the edge of being unmanageable. When pursued vigorously enough, moreover, one is propelled to violence against the neighbor in eagerness for what properly belongs to the neighbor. As acute as this is for us in our society, This is not an unprecedented or even new situation. It is, as Judaism remembers, as old as Pharaoh's insatiable script for production. It is impossible to imagine that in the system of Pharaoh, there could ever be any restfulness for anyone. Most remarkably, Israel, in the narrative, finally is delivered from Pharaoh's anxiety system and comes to the wilderness. Skipping ahead just a bit. Quote, The conclusion affirmed by the narrative is that wherever Yahweh governs as an alternative to Pharaoh, there the restfulness of Yahweh effectively counters the restless anxiety of Pharaoh. In our own contemporary context of the rat race of anxiety, the celebration of Sabbath is an act of both resistance and alternative. It is resistance because it is a visible insistence that our lives are not defined by the production and consumption of commodity goods. Such an act of resistance requires enormous intentionality and communal reinforcement amid the barrage of seductive pressures from the insatiable insistences of the market, with its intrusion into every part of our life from the family to the national budget.
Thank you for joining me again this week. And thank you for some grace as I lead a disconnect retreat this week. I'd love if you would join us online. We're at postmodernliturgy.com. We are at Postmodern Liturgy on Facebook and Instagram and at PM Liturgy on Twitter. I'd love if you would consider supporting our work for free by rating and reviewing the podcast or financially at patreon.com slash postmodernliturgy. If you visit our Patreon site, you can see several great benefits for our supporters. As always, enjoy the tension.